Hi, everybody. An announcement before we get started on this episode. This episode is number 55. 55. Can you believe it? And this episode marks the one-year anniversary of when this podcast came out. Pretty awesome. I'm very proud of that. But it wouldn't have happened if I didn't have a great set of guests. I've been very fortunate, very lucky to have the guests on this podcast. They've been phenomenal. And if you've listened to some of them, I think you would agree. They've not only provided deep perspective of their career, but also inspiration. And so thank you guests for being a part of that. Also, I want to thank you as a listener. Thank you for listening to these episodes. Thank you for providing feedback, perspective, advice, and just being supportive. Our listenership has slowly been growing and been growing and growing. And it means that we've been having an impact. And I really appreciate you guys for, for, uh, for being supportive there. Also, thank you for my team. They've been fantastic. They've been so supportive and so awesome that some of us are actually going to take a little break. And so after this episode, episode 55, myself and some of my team members will be taking a break from running the show. It takes actually a lot of time and effort to put the show together. So my blog post creators, my editor, my social media manager, as well as some of the the rest of the team that help support each of them, we're all going to take a little break. But during that time, we're also going to be strategizing and figuring out how we can make this podcast even better than what it is and have our, having even, an even greater impact than what we're doing right now. So that's the goal. That's what we're going to be doing. The question now is, when are we coming back? Well, most likely early July. The best way that we're going to be letting people know is through uh, our email newsletter. If you'd like to get on that email, please share your email on the homepage of my website, healthcareerswithdrmar.com. I promise you, I don't give it out. I don't give any spam. It's just to let you know often when the next episode is coming or any other announcements. So it's it's really, I, I keep your email safe and sacred and I don't, I don't abuse it. But that's one way to do it as well as, you know, of course, check out my social media. Um, I may be making an announcement there as well when the next few episodes will be coming out. So don't disappear. I want you to continue listening, and I I really believe that we're going to make this even better than what is now in its current state. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin, a podcast show that pulls back the curtain on what a career in health and wellness is really like. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Martin. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for joining me on another episode. Really glad you're here. So today we're going to talk with someone who specializes in in taking care of kids, but in an area where families are not always at their best selves. And we'll learn a little bit why that is in this episode. Today, we're going to talk with Dr. Mkurika Ora Giaka. She is actually a pediatrician who specializes in ER or emergency medicine. Uh, otherwise known as a pediatric ER doctor. And we'll learn uh, how she came from Nigeria. That's where she actually grew up and trained initially. And then came to United States where she became a pediatric uh, resident and pediatrician. And now works for a major academic uh, children's hospital in the United States. So a little bit of a success story in my opinion. So take a listen. Very inspirational some some funny stories and you get a real sense of what it's like 
to be a pediatric ER doctor, where you can really have a, some immediate impact on a lot of patients. If you like what you're hearing in this episode and other episodes, I really encourage you uh, to please uh, give me a five-star rating if you think it deserves it on whatever podcast app that you're using to listen to. And that would really help to bring awareness to this podcast to other people um, that may be looking for this resource. So that would be very, very helpful. I really appreciate your support for those who have done that. And I encourage you to help me uh, in supporting me in this little small endeavor. But without further ado, let's jump into it. Nkirika, can you tell us a little bit, uh, a quick bio about yourself? Sure. I'm Nkirika Rajaka, like you rightly pronounced. I am originally Nigerian. I was born, raised in Nigeria. I did up until my medical school in Nigeria. And then I moved to the United States for my master's in public health in Columbia University, which is about a year, year and a half. And moved back again to Nigeria for a few years to work. And then I moved to the U.S., where I did my residency at Harlem Hospital, which is an affiliation of Columbia University. Did that for three years, a pediatric residency program. And I am currently an attending pediatrician who practices emergency medicine in Columbus, Ohio. Got it. Thank you. So as a pediatrician specializing in ER medicine, what do you do exactly on a daily basis to help people <laughs> in healthcare? So that's always an interesting question. When they ask me, what is your day like in the ER? There is no, every day is different which is why I like it. People come in for different things. You have like different conversations, mm -hmm. but I typically work eight hour shifts and I do about three or four of them uh, a week. It depends on the week. And it's um, seeing patients with different things, injuries, medical related infectious disease illnesses, mm -hmm. um, sometimes assisting in a cold, admitting patients, procedures, blood work, um, sedations, that's a whole lot of fun things in the ER. And then having like conversations with families because it's a whole lot yeah. of reassurance and like interesting and not so interesting relations. I mean, discussions in the ER. Now to achieve your degree, what's the usual steps to get there? So it depends on where you're starting from. Like I did mine in Nigeria. So mine is a little bit different. We, yeah. um, outside the country in Nigeria, you go from high school, which is what we call secondary school straight to medical school, which is six or seven years or eight years, depending on what the situation of the country is. Mine ended up being eight years. And then after that, you can go ahead and do your residency uh, in the specialty you want to, which is what I did in the U.S. But my trajectory is completely different because I finished medical school, did a master's in public health, worked in public health um, sphere for a while before I came back to residency. Yeah. So if you're looking at someone who wants to go do the whole route, it's high school or secondary school, medical school, and residency. What's the best part of your career? What part do you really love? That what I'm doing now? Yeah. It's one, it's the fact that I'm able to help and make a difference in kids because I love the kid population while taking care of them. But then secondly, with the ER perspective, is the fact that I can do different things in one day. I can go into like a critically ill child, like doing something significant, like saving them, and then going to have a conversation with the child who's completely fine, but the parents are worried and they're just like happily running around the whole room. So I mm. think it's like the variety, being able to see different things in a day, being able to see different things from one room to the other, that makes it for me. Got it. What's your 
least favorite part of your career? <laughs> I mean, I think um, working in the ER to your, what we call um, the first point of call for different uh, things that can be really sad cases from abuse mm. situations to a really injured kids and like motor vehicle accidents to sexual assaulted kids. So you tend to see um, some things that really haunt your memory that you always remember the three-year-old who was involved in an accident and they make it, or maybe a really sad case who was sexually assaulted and you're wondering where they're going to end up. So those are the memories yeah. that I don't read. I mean, it's something I have to do, but those are the ones that you're always like at the back of your mind. That's not my most favorite part of the job. Yeah. Those, those heart-wrenching situations, especially when it's dealing with kids. Exactly. Yes. Well, I'd love to hear a story or an example where, you know, you've taken care of somebody that you think really had an impact on these kids. Like, could you share one or two of those stories? Um, I will actually share one that I saw. Um, so I've been working here for three years. And one of this is a kid I saw like earlier, er, like earlier on the, uh, when I started. And they were involved in a motor vehicle accident. And, of course, you went in. I can't remember the specifics of what they came in with. But they yeah. ended up making it. They were admitted for like a couple of months and they were fine. They did okay, uh, luckily, and they went home. And then I ended up seeing them in the ED again for a completely different situation. And I, w- I mean, I was surprised mom remembered me. I went back and saw the notes. I'm like, wow, like I am so happy this kid looks. I mean, another thing with kids that they're very resilient. So this is a mm-hmm. kid now bouncing off the wall. I'm like, I remember yeah. seeing you near death. And you look so amazing now. Those are the yeah, those neat. are the news and the stories you hear. Like, oh, I am happy. You're making a difference because this kid is like thriving and happy, and family is doing great. So those are one of the stories that make my heart too. That's awesome. That's awesome. And also, even in emergency medicine, I mean, am I wrong? But you don't really have that much continuity of care. No, you don't. Is that a <laughs> is that a true statement? Yep, you don't. So when I see this kind of continuity, I'm excited. So you don't. Got it. I know we kind of touched on it briefly, but what is your typical day like? Could you give in more detail? What time do you usually show up? Okay. Usually, who do you work with? And when do you usually get off? Sure. So um, it depends on the shift I'm doing. We have three or four main shifts in the ER, which are eight hours. It could be six o'clock. It could be two o'clock. It could be overnight. We start from 10 or 11. So if I'm working the 6 a.m. shift, I typically have to wake up before 5 because then I have kids too. So I want to make sure things are settled before I leave. So I wake up before 5, get everything ready, and I get there probably 5 or 10 minutes to 6 o'clock. And we yeah. always have someone who worked the night before. So you get like sign outs where they give you details if they have any patients who are not completed or things are pending to be done with the patient. And then um, after that, I uh, then staff with residents. We have, I have worked closely with residents and medical students. So if I have a resident available, they tell me about a patient they've seen. And we kind of go over the patients, uh, have some teaching moments, learning moments. Then I go see the patients and we decide on a plan. And I may see, uh, depending on the day, between 16 to like 20 patients or more in my 20, in my eight-hour period where... Um, you're having like decisions based on the plan. You're talking to the families based on what you think should happen, listening to what their concerns are, reviewing like the blood work, the x-rays, um, talking to consultants. Because then ER, we work with closely with a lot of um, other departments. So talking to them about patients, coming up with decisions, and either discharging the patient versus admitting them for further care. And this, I mean, this is like up until eight hours, eight hours and a half. 
And then I send it to another doctor who continues the care if there's one available. Do you get to choose the shifts that you work on or is that something that like as a junior attending, are you getting the worst shifts necessarily? Or, I mean, how does the decision on shift work work? Because if someone's listening to this, they're like, oh my God, I could be getting the, the midnight shift every day for the next five years. Is that necessarily true? I mean, how does this all work out usually? So it depends on where you work. Luckily, where I work, we always have to submit like preferences. Like if you want to work more days versus nights, you get that opportunity to do that. I mean, granted, that does not mean um, you're going to get all the nights. Like let's say, for instance, if I want to work eight nights, there may be someone else that wants to work eight nights. So I may end up like six versus seven, but our preferences are actually considered. So at some point, uh, I wanted to work more days, but now I'm working fewer shifts. And I actually like the nights because with my family and kids, it works a little bit better yeah. for the situation, like at this moment. So I've, I have some nights and some days, but our preferences are considered before the schedule is made. So that's good. And it sounds like because you have some flexibility in in the type of times and and days you're working that for certain people that could be a very nice work life balance. Yeah, you can kind of change it as you as you need it. I want to work nights for a while, and then I want to work days. Yeah, there's some flexibility, or you can pull back. Exactly. So that's one of the good things I like about my uh, working in the ER now because it's shift based. When you're done, you're done. You're not going back or they're not calling you to consult for one person or the other, unless maybe you just want to talk to your colleague about a patient for what to give a sign out. But once you're done with the ER, you're done. You like you can have random days off between Monday and Wednesdays, which some people might be at work. But then again, on the flip side, you may have to work weekends and nights. But I like the balance uh-huh. of being able to like hang out with my kids like random Mondays and Wednesdays and all that fun stuff. All right. Awesome. What are some misconceptions people have about your career? So I think one of the things when it comes to uh, emergency or, I mean, one, people focus on the amount of money you make and don't remember that, yeah, some people tell you, oh, you're already a doctor, you're working, so you're making a lot of money, which is good. Mm -hmm. Like, we make good. But then again, I'm not sure they forget the work behind it. We do work hard a lot. You do have a lot of money also. There's some time, I mean, when I was in residency or during the early years of my career, there's some hours and weeks I miss like my kids sports and like different things. There's a lot of things you give up. People don't forget that. So you're paying back one way. And then another thing is I feel like some people don't remember we have maybe feelings or emotions. And I'm not saying this is part because I walk into like family's room and they tell me, oh, you wouldn't understand you don't have kids. Like, no, that's not how it is. The fact that I have a blank face does not mean I don't feel what you, but sometimes we have to hold ourselves together to be able to provide yeah. the best care for you. So those are the things that families like may or may not understand. Maybe, I mean, sometimes I figure out it's just in the moment their child is sick and they just want to say, maybe just bring their um, frustrations or something. So I don't take it personally, but that's one of the things that mm-hmm. some families forget that we're human too. And they just like vent and say what they want and just kind of, so those are the, some of the things that come with the, uh, yeah. You know, I think it's interesting to highlight, and I, again, get me correct me if I'm wrong, but because you're in pediatrics, you're always dealing with families. Yes. Versus if you were in adult ER, that's not necessarily true. Yep. You're dealing with, when it comes to pediatrics, I always tell people you're dealing with two different patients. You're dealing with the patient themselves 
and the parents too. So it makes it both interesting and difficult at the same time. Changing gears a little bit. What is the future outlook you think of this profession as a, you know, pediatric ER? Yeah. So actually, pediatric emergency is one of the newest specialties. In pediatrics, it used to, like in the past, people will go through um, the uh, work in pediatrics emergency medicine without being pediatrics emergency medicine trained. It's a different fellowship, but you could have to do like another three years of fellowship to be able to be a pediatrics emergency medicine trained specialist. So let me say like a little bit. So when I talked about working in an emergency room, there are two different types of specialties. You can have yeah. pediatricians who have done three years of residency working in a section of emergency medicine, which is what I am. And some of us do it as a step to see what the environment is before you now do another three years of fellowship to work in pediatric emergency medicine. So for you to be a pediatric emergency medicine specialist, you have to do six years, three years of residency and three years of fellowship. So the fellowship is actually new. It's not, um, so it's still something that's still growing. There's a whole lot more people going into it. It's get, getting more um, competitive, competitive in the past couple of years. So I don't think it's going anywhere for now. It's, I feel like you may oh, classify more to have like branches of like ultrasound and different specialties under it. But in terms of growth, it's one of the growing specialties that's getting very competitive to get into now. Would you recommend someone who's interested in this career to do those extra three years of, or at least plan to do those extra three years of fellowship? Yes. And the reason is medicine is changing for you to remain in, um, for you to remain, how will I say it now? Not important for you to remain competitive. You have to catch up Mm -hmm. as a pediatrician. um, I like working in the ER, but at some point over the next couple of years, I, I'm not sure if pediatricians alone is enough for you to work in the ER, if that's what you're interested in. Some people don't really like to work in the clinic. I mean, I'm a very fast-paced person, so I don't like to work in the clinic. But I feel like if it's something you're interested in, in the next 10 years, I feel only people who are pediatric emergency medicine fellowship trained will be able to work in the ER. So I recommend this not extra three years. Uh, and so you are you thinking maybe if, if for your future you might do a fellowship? I am planning on doing fellowship. It's when we get to my trajectory. Maybe we'll talk about yeah. why I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, okay. <laughs> well, well, what is your trajectory? What do you think about doing yourself? I am very interested in global health, so uh-huh. I'm very interested in doing my fellowship. Because at some point, I want to not just practice in the U.S. I want to be able to provide expertise like outside the country. So those are the things. Nigeria still needs some help. Africa, that's where uh, my uh, that's my continent still needs some help. So that's something I'm willing to do at some point. Yeah, I remember we talked about that when we first yeah oh first yeah met. that's true. And and you you talked about wanting to be a doctor, not just stay at one institution for the rest of your life and work there. You want to take your skills eventually and help people across the world in many different countries, not just one or two. Yeah, definitely. Steal the plan. What type of students do you think best flourish in this particular career? So um, when it comes to pediatrics as a whole, definitely someone that has a passion for kids, someone yeah. who um, has great like empathy. I mean, empathy comes with medicine because there's a whole lot of things you I mean, patients don't have to talk to you and there's no empathy. They have to feel the empathy. So that's one of the things. It requires a lot of patience because when it comes to pediatrics, 
you may walk in the room and have a child crying for like long minutes and you have no idea what's going on. So it takes patience for you to have conversations to be able to figure out what's going on. So it takes a lot of patience. And when it comes with that, patience also comes with like dealing with families because you have to know how to have conversations with families and bringing the ER aspect now, this is where nobody wants to be in the ER. People that go to their primary care doctors get dressed up, they get ready, they know they have an appointment and they go in. People who come, who come to the ER probably ended up one because, I mean, the child jumped off a monkey bar and broke something. <laughs> or maybe two, they got sick in the middle of the night and now parents have no sleep. So ER visits are never planned. Well, they're not supposed to be ah. So you have to have the patience, one, to know this parent may be frustrated because they're waking up in the middle of night to come back. So you have to know mm. how to have like some diplomatic, empathetic discussions with them to be able to give them the care, but also be able to reassure them because it's a lot to be a parent waking up in the middle of the night and get ready to go to work yeah. the next day after being in a ER for long hours waiting to be safe. So those are the there, things. People are, people are not at their best selves when yeah. they come to the ER. Yes, they're not. They're not. I would not be if I'm the one to. So you have to be able to understand those when you want to work in the ER. You know, I want to talk a little bit about you. Sure. Growing up in Nigeria, were you thinking about being a doctor early on in your life? Or were there other careers you're thinking about pursuing? Uh, I was actually one of those that really wanted to be uh, a doctor early on. I had no... Mm. um, other major careers in my mind, maybe dancing at some point, but nothing um, major. So yeah, it was one of those. My uh, it's a long story, but my brother had an injury when he was his when he was nine and I was eight, and there was just like some wrap around, and I just tied it around like the injury. Ended up going with him uh, with my parents to like the hospital, just gonna watch the doctor, and I was mesmerized by like the whole blood, the way he stitched it together, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, I just want to do medicine, and that was it. That's how I ended up like continuing the same path. It wasn't, it wasn't as if I didn't, uh, of course, in medical school, you're always like, why am I here? Why do I have to do all this studying? I think I'm tired. <laughs> you always go through that moment where you're like, I think I'm done with this because you have to study. You miss like so many activities with friends. But yeah, I always liked medicine from that, on, from that time on. Even when you were growing up, did you think about any other things to pursue as a career or that, or you were really set on medicine for a long time? No, I was set on medicine. I liked the idea of music and dance, but it wasn't, mm. it's not something that I ever explored. I come from a typical Nigerian African uh, home, which if you're not a doctor, a lawyer or something, they don't give you, you don't have a lot of options open to you. I don't even know what I mean. It's not something I ever explored. It's not something they tell you, do an elective, do this and see if you like it. So I like medicine. I also like dance, but I never really explored that option of saying, oh, maybe that might be a career. That might be something I may be interested in because I just didn't see it as something being something you do then. When you think about it, is there anything you would change, anything you would do differently or you know if you had to start your over your career over again would you would you do anything differently um i think what i would do differently would be to see how to get exposed to other things as much as i love medicine i feel like sometimes not sometimes i feel like it narrows you gives you a narrow-minded view 
of things mm. that it's only when like you're gone past, you finish your career, you're now working, you're like, oh, wow, what else can I do outside medicine? Which I know now a few people, and then thanks to social media, there's so many spheres and things you can do outside of medicine. But I think as um, a medical student or someone in high school, I think there should be opportunities for you to explore other things outside of a career. People can have passions they can explore and handle at the same time they're doing whatever career they want because it makes you more um, rounded to an extent, makes you have or a more rounded conversation with people that are not in the same in the same career as you are. I feel like it's like over the, the just like in the short couple of years that I'm like, oh, the other things you can do, the other interactions you can have. Yeah. You don't have to be only people in medicine, just like doctor and doctor. But I think that's one thing I would have wanted to learn or do differently. I mean, business and writing, I do a lot of writing now, but that's something I never really explored younger. I felt like if if I started writing when I was younger, it would have been a completely different thing now. But over the like a year mm-hmm. or two, I've written a few articles and stuff. It's just not something I learned earlier. So, so just exploring other things. That's okay. You're a late bloomer in that area. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like for other people, like it's something to <laughs> it's something to think about. In Kurika. You know, I understand you enjoy blogging, writing, and you're actually active on social media. So where can people find and learn more about you and what you're doing? Sure. Um, I, I, have a, I have a blog. It's, my website is Dr. D-R-N-K-E-I-R-U, which is in Kira.com. And then on Instagram, I'm also Dr. underscore, and which is my first name, O-R-A-J-I-A-K-A. Those are the two places I'm very active. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, what are you doing on your website? What do you what do you what are you blogging about usually? Oh, so different things. I have a mix of like medicine, which is where I. So most of the things I see in the ear because we never really have like enough time to go through like with families, what's happening, questions they have. So I use that as, as teaching moments, but I also use some stories about ear experiences and patients. So also use it as teaching moments. But then on one aspect of it being a mom, I have like a motherhood section where I use stories of like my own experiences, being a mom, things I do. But on one aspect of it too, I'm also an international medical graduate, which I know a lot of people want to know how I got to my path. Why did I do this versus that? How am I coping being an international medical graduate? So it's a mix of motherhood, medicine, and migration stories about it. Oh, cool. All right. Well, we're definitely going to add that to the resources at the end of the blog post. So um, that's definitely, we'll add that there and people can check that out. So um, Inkirika, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. This has been fun, rather. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's our show today. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about today's guests or other past guests, just check out my website, healthcareerswithdrmar.com or hcwithdrmar.com. Of course, if you like what you heard on this podcast, then please go to my website, add your name and email to my email list. That way you can get the latest announcements and news as they arise. You can also find me on Instagram at drrichardmarn. That's Dr. Richard Marn. Thank you so much for listening and catch you on the next episode.